welcome back to another episode of Inside Thoughts Out Loud. I'm Karina. And I'm Schnell. And we are back with another episode of Some Talking Talks. And so we're going to get right into it. I have a very unique question to ask my dear friend Chanel. Oh, God. And I'm going to pose it to you as well as you. So the listeners, viewers, whatever you are, and Chanel. That's a food question. No, it's not. Okay. What would you do if, have you seen the movie Bridesmaids? Of course. Of course. Hundreds of times. Excellent. What would you do if you were walking and suddenly was hit with a Intense bowel movement need, Girl, that and there a lot. was no bathroom in sight. Shitting in the street, just like her. <laughs> you heard it. I didn't even get to the what would you do. I'm shitting in the streets. <laughs> I'm gonna pose a question anyway. What would you do? Would you do like she did in in the streets? Would you find an alleyway? Would you find a bush? Or would you just let shit be free in your pants and then sit in the warm smush? Mm-hmm. Or are you stripping down and just. Well, she had a dress on, so it was easier for her to exactly. shit in the street. I don't wear dresses. I do, but... um. <laughs> well, now you've complicated things exactly. for me. Exactly. Why do I shit in the streets? I would shit in the streets if I had to. Maybe an alleyway? Is there an alleyway? It's daytime, though, so... Yeah. Oh, what? Yeah. Do I have leaves to wipe? Not in an alleyway. Maybe a newspaper if you find one. It's going in my pants. Okay. Because you can keep it there, right? Just... <laughs> Uh, you never. <laughs> so my response, and again, I would like the viewers and the listeners to chime in. I know this is a ridiculous question, but sometimes you just have to ask yourself, what would you do? Yeah, if well. I had, and this has actually happened to me once where I had to, I begged Oriana, I was like, I was like, find a bathroom, find a bathroom. I don't know what had happened. I obviously didn't eat something well. Uh, and I ended up going in a Michael's, but a Michael's, you went fancy. They had some nice bathrooms. I knew where to go. Yeah. <laughs> but if I was in a situation where there was no bathroom in sight and I had to go, I'm probably going to just do right in the streets. Can I tell you what happened to me? Uh, yes. And then I'm going to share my story. It didn't personally happen to me. It actually happened to my aunt. We were on our way. We were in Niagara Falls. And I don't know if you know that long <laughs> truly thing in Niagara Falls when you're driving the Canadian side if you're watching in America my aunt had to poop like diarrhea and my uncle refused to stop the car because he was like there was traffic and you couldn't stop Mm -hmm. she went in the back of the van in her purse (laughs) in her like her good purse I mean it wasn't good after that (laughs) I don't know what the fuck went down back there but I can tell you right now are you in the car the windows, I had my head out the window. I was like, oh my God. Whoa. Yeah, it was nasty. She would never watch this, so she'll never know I talked about it. <laughs> and if she did. You know who you are. <laughs> you sat in the car. And you forced all of us to listen to it. <laughs> Not listen. We were right there. She we, she was in the front seat. She climbed over the front seat to try to get listen, to the back listen. of the van. But that's the point. When you have to go. It was nasty. Decorum be damned. You have to go. I don't even know if it was a purse. It might have been a container or something. <laughs> I don't know, but it was nasty. <laughs> this was amazing. It was gross. Well, my story isn't that bad, but we were on the highway and there was an accident and we mm-hmm. were trying to get off and it was right around, I don't know where we were, whatever. And I was sitting in the car and I remember I'm rocking and sweating. And I said to Orion, I'm like, sweating. and we're on the, you know, in the, the sweats. Yeah, you know on the highway where, like, they've got, like, the grassy dips every now and then where you can kind of, like, see? Yeah, so we had reached that point, and I and we hadn't moved in about 
four or five minutes. And I said, at this point, if I drop my pants, I'll be done in seconds. And he's like, okay. Do you know what Kriti did? <laughs> With all the pride that she has, she found the toilet. We had paper towels in the car. No, uh, napkins. I grabbed myself a bunch of napkins. Yeah. I opened that car door and I walked with my head held high down into that uh, bush. Bush. Oh, you went shit in the Dropped bush. Dropped my pants, did my deed, and came back. And everybody was like, yeah. I swear to God, people Who were like. Who is everybody? The car is over. I was on a highway, Chanel. Did they congratulate you for Yes, they shit? were like, good for you. Because I had to go. I tell you, I walked with my hands so high. I'm not ashamed. No, because at that point I was like, I'm not shitty. Give away car. I've got to go. And then I came back and he was like, you good? And I was like, it's definitely going to be around two. But that one had to go. I had to go. Sometimes, okay. Sometimes you just, you got to do what you got to do. So. so I guess the answer to that question is clearly I have indeed shit in the streets. So I'd like to know what you would do. Shot in a bush is more like it. Yeah, bush, not streets. Yeah. Close though. Anyway, so that's my weird question, and I love it, and I hope you guys engage. But I want to jump into the hot topics. Ooh. Hot topics. We are going to talk about Jamie Foxx. If you've been following along, Jamie Foxx was in the hospital the other day because he was filming a movie and had an act medical emergency mm-hmm. that landed him in the hospital. And what has happened since he's been in the hospital has been a slew of conspiracy theories. And I love a good conspiracy theory because... That's a spice of life. <laughs> and the theory is now is that, A, somebody asked him for money. They're trying to extort him for money on the set. Mm-hmm. It's his movie, apparently. And so somebody tried to extort him for money, so he fired a bunch of people. Then the accident happened, and then there was, like, this um, plot or plan to rob him. What? Yeah. <clears throat> so he was freaking out, and then the accident happened, and he was offset. And then his double or his stunt double was doing some of the scenes with Cameron Diaz, and then they were saying that Cameron Diaz no longer felt safe on set because she was getting threats. Where are you reading all this? Oh, all of the blogs. I stay on them. Mm. And then things came out that Jamie Foxx has been trying to expose Hollywood and remove himself from the Hollywood chains. I mean, he could have done that. He hasn't been in a movie in forever. No, it's not about it's not about being in a movie. It's about like keeping Hollywood secrets secret. He started talking about things like P. Diddy's parties. Now, if you know anything about P. Diddy, you know P. Diddy is known for A, being closeted homosexual, and B, also not know that. being a groomer of young boys. People are still closeted? Yes. It's like cool now. And C, he had, he's known, he was known and is known for having, being a gatekeeper of Hollywood's big sex parties. Ooh, now that I want to hear about. Let's mm. talk about sex parties. <laughs> Okay. Tell me about it. So his sex parties usually involved younger people, mostly men. Sometimes okay. women, sometimes things going on. And Mixing they, it up? Yeah. And he's known for having like a particular set of young males that he was always engaging with. Okay. So he's known for being fully gay. And as long were, as it's not children. Carry on. But young, though. Yeah, like, but are they children? Essentially. Underage? I don't know if they... I would say underage, but like if you're... 30 and you're trying to do a 17 year old that's pretty much that's underage well i guess so yeah see I, i'm i'm not trying to dive into that world under 18 is underage is it okay well then yeah <laughs> um <clears throat> and it's jamie fox started to share his stories that he was invited to one or two of these parties mm-hmm. and apparently he participated so he's not innocent but he Mitch. He participated, and apparently he recorded some of the content of these parties. Yeah. And that, you know, Diddy's walking around with his stuff out, and all these people are walking around, and these people are going at it here, and these people are going... Anyway, 
Diddy is being known as he will expunge you or expire you if he finds that you are trying to expose the true true ways of Hollywood. These things are not secrets, though. Why why not just like they have sex parties? They got all kinds of parties in Hollywood. I, and, and exactly, but I think the snorting, thing is, putting a whole table of coke and just going whoops, snorting around. Yeah, yeah. But I guess I guess for whatever reason, Diddy doesn't want to be labeled as a part of that world but like did it people have been saying we've known about this and you since the 90s like yeah, it's not he's, hidden he's been known to be i don't know what the word is i don't have a word for him nobody <laughs> i didn't even know his name was still diddy it, it i don't care i thought he is. stopped going by that for, name. for a minute he went as love and that was that is weird and i'm not even gonna go there anyway <laughs> so basically they're saying that diddy got rid of tupac um yeah. Oh my god, I can't remember his name. What's his name? Biggie? Yeah, Biggie. And everybody in between, uh, Nicole Porter, his uh, ex-partner who was coming out with a tell-all book that was going to expose him. So, she had cancer though, didn't she? I don't know, but I don't know. she was coming out with a book that was going to expose people, including okay. him. So the, uh, the argument is, is that basically he was going to, he has gotten rid of her. And so people are thinking now that his, now that he's being exposed by Jamie, that he's attacking Jamie. Recently, mm-hmm. his daughter, Jamie's daughter, came out with saying that the blogs were going crazy about what was happening, obviously. Mm-hmm. So she came out recently and said, my dad has actually been out of the hospital and home for a couple of weeks now. He's actually playing, you know, Pinochle or whatever the shit she said he was playing. Damn, what was that? What is that game anyways? I've never heard of that I, I before. Can't, I, I don't know. What was it called? I don't remember. I think she said it was either Squash or something. I thought it was Soft Pickle something. It, it probably was Pinochle or, or some, I don't know. Anyway. Maybe she spelled it wrong. <laughs> either way. This, I think I I just get the impression that they're trying to keep his whereabouts unknown. I personally it's not our business anyway. Yeah, and I, exactly. Especially Korea's when, making it her business because this is her business. Yeah, this is. She's got to know. I, I want to know what happens. Just here. tell us where you're at. Yeah, like for Korea's sake, hit me up and let me know you're good. Yeah, and if you think it really is P Diddy, because I also think it's P Diddy. Yeah, <laughs> I think she's he, on your side. Yeah, I'm not on P Diddy's side, but P Diddy. Um, don't worry about me. I'm small fries. Small fries. Small fries. And we won't expose you on here. It sounds like we will because that's what we're doing. But yeah, um, essentially, <laughs> but I'm not the first. People have like I've over the past like week, and it's probably because I've been deep diving. People yeah. have been like going back in time talking about P Diddy and how he calls men daddy, and he's like he doesn't really hide it, but he doesn't really yeah. say it. So to me, it's just like why even pretend? Like but just be gay then. Exactly, just be who you are. It will support whatever you decide to do, Diddy. Minus the whole except grooming. for the dance. The grooming. We don't want to see your dance. Except for the grooming. The grooming. Yeah. <laughs> if they're underage, I don't have proof of that. Yeah, but so that's my conspiracy theory of the week. I think that Jamie Foxx is probably trying to hide from P Diddy because P Diddy's trying to get rid of him because he's trying to expose the Hollywood secrets that are not a secret. They're not secrets. Everybody knows. Ugh. Just start a blog. We'll read it. P. Diddy? Whoever. I, I would tune in if he did like a tell-all. Yeah. Do, do, do yourself a favor. I won't read favor. a book, though. Maybe put it on their website or Yeah, something. do yourself a favor and have an interview like R. Kelly did, but before the charges are laid. Yeah. Talk, talk your story now yeah. while you can control the narrative. Because now we're not listening to R. Kelly because <clears throat> you guilty. Yeah. So that's the crazy topic of the day. Now we have the main topic. The main. What are we talking about? You know what we're talking about. I don't want to talk about that. What? (laughs) (laughs) We are talking about. I'm sick. I'm always sick every time we record. Um, 
today we're going to actually talk about uh, trauma. Yeah, isn't that fun? As millennials, we know what that looks like. Yeah, our generation. <clears throat> as well as cultural trauma or racial trauma, if you want to put it. Mm. But I feel... Generational is what we're calling it today. Yeah, yeah. I will kind of touch on all different topics. Yeah. So we'll start from a millennial perspective, I guess. What do you feel like we've... What's our, like, overarching trauma as a millennial? What do you mean overarching? Like, what's our big... If you have to, like, name the big three, what's our big three? People-pleasing. Mm-hmm. Not setting boundaries. Mm-hmm. Uh, not <clears throat> doing therapy to deal with those issues. I feel like our our generation is about therapy. Yeah, our, we're, we're doing therapy, but the gen, other generations are telling us it's not necessary. Yeah. yeah and right. I, that's a big problem. <laughs> yeah. Um, But I think the people-pleasing. That is a big one. Ego, people-pleasing, like, boundaries. Like, these things boundaries. are, like, in, like, they were ingrained in me growing up. It's just, like, not really being, having the right to ask questions mm. you know like you don't ask your parents why mm-hmm. and it's different now because my son everything is a debate like everything and other people will say to me why do you let him like ask you questions i'm like because he's a person right he has questions he's and if question. i were him i would have questions too but i wasn't allowed to ask questions it was like because i said so yeah because i said so and aiden will tell me that's not an answer and it never was for for whatever reason our parents thought that because i as an adult who is not necessarily equipped no what parent is fully equipped to be a parent nobody what parent is walk out with no guide whatsoever exactly so the child so look at somebody and tell them it's because i said so but but who are you to say so though yeah like i i and those were my internal thoughts as a child because as a child you were there was fear that if you questioned your parent, mm-hmm. then there would be some sort of... There was a consequence. Yeah, some sort of repercussion. And it was like, but why? Like Mine was the silent treatment. Oh. That was... I come from a Caribbean household, so y'all know what that was for me. It was like, ah. Say something. <clears throat> yeah. And, and because of the, and because I was a, I was already a quiet child, mm-hmm. I didn't question anything. So I had I walked around with so many theories or ideas about my mom and how yeah. she felt about me. And you me. make up stories. And here's the thing about kids. We think when we're children, the entire world revolves around us. So anything that someone else is doing, we're thinking it's because of me. It's mm-hmm. something I did. Mm-hmm. What did I do? What did I do? And if you don't have parents that are open to sit down and have a conversation with you, um, I'll give you an example with Aiden. If I'm in a mood mm-hmm. and I snap at him or something, I'll apologize to him and I'll say, you know, it's not about you. Apologize. I'm just feeling, I'm, I'm not feeling like my best self right now. And I don't want you to internalize that as being about you. And I like to be clear about that because he would, he's told me before, like, did I do something? And if, if I'm sad or I'm upset or I'm, he always thinks he did something. And that's not fair to leave that on a child because when you send them to their room after they talk back to you or they ask you a question and they're sitting with that and they're coming up with all these storylines of why that's happening and they don't really have the true answers and i think that that is the worst thing to do to your kids I, well it's not obviously the worst but it's it's bad leaving your kids with their thoughts and emotions and never really helping them clarify them or breaking them down or letting them understand where your emotional reactions are coming from 
it's it's damaging. It's very damaging to your children. I, and as a child who grew up in a household where you couldn't question things, mm-hmm. it shows up in your confidence. It shows up in your confidence in the relationship that you have with your parent. Does the person love me or is mm-hmm. everything I do so irritating that my presence just upsets them? Yeah. And it creates, again, like you said, excuse me, a narrative where you're thinking to yourself, well, she just hates me or he yeah. just hates me. My mom hates me. My dad hates me because I did A, B, and C and they yelled at me and sent me to my room and then there was no discussion for the rest of the evening. Yeah. And I'm now scared. I can't question it because I'm going to get told. Oof, that was a childhood. Put it under the rug. Never talk about it. Like, and, and it didn't happen. And then the next day you're good. And for mm-hmm. me, as an adult now, that's one of my biggest pet peeves. Now, parents, boomers, whatever, they don't grow out of these things because that's what they did and yep. that's what they did to us and that's how they operate. But me now as an adult, when my family and I are engaged in a difficult situation or argument, my mom is still keen to do that, mm-hmm. but I don't. Yeah. And so I always say it's either we're having a conversation or we're not. Yeah. I'm not going to pretend like it didn't happen. Or chase after you to try and fix things. No. I want I want to have clarity. I want to have some understanding. Even if it's an understanding that in the moment I was upset and I said A, B, and C and I shouldn't have. Mm-hmm. Uh, or I said something that triggered you. Allow me the opportunity to explain myself, explain my reaction, yeah. apologize, and vice versa. Let's but, talk about apologies. Oh Why is it so difficult to apologize to somebody. You apologize for one thing that you did to someone, it does not mean that you are taking responsibility for every bad thing that has happened to your child. Just apologize. Because the thing is, I have always made it a priority to apologize to Aiden when I've crossed the line, or even if I've hurt his feelings, even mm-hmm. if I didn't mean to. And you see you did. And I see that I did, or mm-hmm. he tells me, Mom, that hurt me. Mm-hmm. I will apologize to him because I don't believe that you should just say whatever you want to say just because they're a kid mm-hmm. or because you're in a mood or, they'll or say, because you're He's tired. a kid, he'll get over it. No, no they, don't. they don't. They will sit with that for the rest of their lives and then that comes out in their relationships with other people. It becomes ingrained in them. Yeah. When you think... And then they think they don't deserve apologies from their friends and from other people in their lives. I do not want my son to have similar relationships that I've had in my life that I've had to learn from. Mm-hmm. I don't want him to follow that. I want him to realize that you do deserve for someone to take accountability and ownership for their side. And you need to take ownership and accountability for what you do. I don't know why people or parents didn't felt like apologizing meant you were wrong. Mm-hmm. And why be why being wrong wasn't allowed. Yeah. As parents always say today, especially when you confront your parents today based on because of what oh, they God. did back then. I didn't being a parent didn't come with a manual. Yeah. Exactly. I did what I did what like I even now. I'm doing what I know to do. But I'm gonna make mistakes. But and you're willing to apologize. And I'm willing to apologize for those mistakes. Right. Even if I don't remember making them. Mm-hmm. And that's the key factor. You don't remember making those mistakes, but that child who sat with that, sure does. they remember. Yeah. So if, if my son comes to me and say, you know, you did A, B, C, D, and it really hurt me, mm-hmm. and I don't remember, I would say, you know what, but I don't remember doing that. I'm sorry that I did that to you, and I'm sorry for how I made you feel. Thank you for letting me know, and I'm going to do better moving forward. Like, that that was never my intention to hurt you. It's not a difficult thing to do. Well, why was it so difficult for them to... To, to use that excuse today, I didn't, parenting didn't come with a manual. I did the best I could. Why couldn't you say those things yeah. to me then when I was 10 and I was crying and I, and I felt like I, you hated Except me. Except for get over it. Why couldn't you just say, 
I don't have all of the tools and I'm trying mm-hmm. and I'm sorry because of how I made you feel. I was angry. Yeah. That goes a long way because yes. as a child, we know we get angry. We know we say nasty things and do things. And on the playground, what do the teachers tell you to do? Say sorry. Yes. Apologize. Apologize. So why can't parents do that? Why weren't parents willing to do, especially if it was siblings mm-hmm. and you knocked your sister over the head, you you, to you were told to apologize. But when you hit me or you were too harsh or you were unfair or you you think because you're the parent, you don't need to apologize. There's no need for apology. Yeah. But if it was a colleague and you boxed your po- colleague across the face, I you bet you it's either an apology or you, get, or you fired. get fired. Yeah, there's consequences. Exactly. And this is the thing with parents. Uh, like, from my generation, it was your family is everything. Mm. You forgive them no matter what. No matter what. It doesn't matter Blood what is happens thicker than water. Blood is thicker than water. Yeah. All of these things. But this generation now we're healing Mm -hmm. we're working through these issues and i'm not passing that on to my son i tell him all the time Mm -hmm. i need to take accountability and so do you Mm -hmm. and i always tell aiden the best apology is change behavior honestly that is the best apology you could ever give to anyone is to change your behavior and as a child that's not the easiest thing to do Mm -hmm. but to just even acknowledge i i was upset you know, sorry, mommy, I was upset. I didn't mean what I said. As a kid, you feel you want to say that to your parent because you want them to understand mm-hmm. I was upset. But parents would n- almost never reciprocate that sort yeah, of clarity. No. And but they expect it from you as the child. Exactly. How are you expecting a child who has to learn how to regulate their emotions from you and, and you, you haven't regulated your emotions? You don't know how to regulate your emotions. You regulate your emotions. To, but you expect yeah. the child to. Make it make sense. It doesn't make sense. I feel like boomers and gen x not so much but especially boomers and i know boomers in my life family relationships friend relationships mm-hmm. boomers today they do not want to be told that what they did caused trauma yeah because of what they say they endured but then you have again parents saying i want to do better for you than i did than my parents did for me that also means taking accountability yeah today i'm not saying you made me the horrible person i am today i'm saying some of the things you did mess me up just like some of the things your parents did mess you up yeah. the least you could do is knowing how much it messed you up is up i'm sorry man. i can't apologize. apologize for everything but i can say i'm sorry for <coughs> what you feel is you know uh, still with you today yeah. i did my very best you know how much that little sentence goes a long way for people not to mention it helps with the progression of any relationship to apologize and take ownership, and right? Healing. And it heals, right? Yeah. It's not to say that, you know, you apologize and everything is fine. Right. No, you apologize, you change your behavior, you become conscious about what that person has told you hurts them and you try not to do it again. I'll be honest with you. If I've done something to cross someone and they tell me, Chanel, you did this and it hurt me, mm-hmm. I am literally... That's in my head forever. That's not going to go away. I'm going to be super conscious about not doing that again. Mm -hmm. But as human beings, sometimes you're going to have to tell people. You're going to have to own up to it. But what I will not entertain is you hurt me. I'm giving you the silent treatment. I'm never talking to you again. Mm. And you should just know what you did wrong. Yeah, I mean that's, that's we're never gonna talk again if you do that. We're like we're just never gonna talk again because you have to give people the benefit of the doubt, and I I try to do that with people. Mm-hmm. Even I I don't expect everyone to be perfect, mm-hmm. but as an adult now, especially with my parents mm-hmm. or family members, if you can't show up in a healthy way or take accountability, stay away from me. Just exit, exit stage left. Stay away from me. Yeah, yeah. because it's not worth it to me. 
nothing will ever, ever, ever be worth losing my peace for. I don't care who you are. And and that's another thing I think that our generation is doing now. The whole, like you were saying earlier, blood is thicker than water, family is everything. We've come to a place as our generation, millennials, have come to a place where in therapy we're learning now that some of the most toxic people in your life is your family. And you do not owe them your presence if it means the destruction of your sanity, Mm -hmm. your mental health, your physical health, and your well-being. So saying I'm not either allowing you to come into my space or I am not coming into yours for my safety is something that I find the older generation. We're doing it. They don't like, but they they don't don't like it it. because how dare you? Family is everything. Not if you're causing me to go home and cry every time Mm -hmm. I see you after dinner or feel insecure or or have you nitpick at either what I'm wearing. If I'm married, who I'm with, question my job choice, question my question, everything. When you're not paying my bills, you're not taking care of me. Like why do parents, and family feel like that access means full control and that they get to tell you how to be. And, and, and it's just like, listen, you worry about yourself. Focus on yourself. Uh, the life that we're living right now, we have to learn our lessons the way that we need to learn our lessons. Mm-hmm. Our children, my, t- my son, whatever, he's got a, he's, he's going to have his own set of problems in life completely different from completely ours. different yeah. from what i had to deal with and 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 that will, you know and this is at me doing my best and it will come up when he is an adult and you won't understand the ways yeah. of then yeah. you know the future to be but we are trying to equip ourselves with the capability and understanding that you're right i don't understand what you're going through today yes. but at least i can show up in the way that says i'm here i'm listening mm-hmm. i'm taking i'm taking account of what you're saying i'm taking account of my actions yeah. and how it affects you and how you're maneuvering your life and journey as an adult today. Exactly. But I'm willing to take accountability for my part. Yes. And how I show up. Exactly. How I show up in your life as your parent. Like when my son is older and he's like 18 or 19 or 20 or older, whatever, mm-hmm. living his life. I'm not always going to understand what he's going through. I'm not always going to agree with his behavior. Mm-hmm. But I think the biggest um blessing when you're raising children is that they have that confidence to live their lives and learn from their mistakes and take chances and live their lives without that fear do you feel like one of the reasons why things are different now and how you're partaking in how you reared in is because of having real conversations with him oh yeah because i know for me when I deal with my niece and when I have my own kids, mm-hmm. I'm not going to pretend. I'm mm-hmm. not going to I don't hide. pretend to have all the answers. And I'm not going to hide. I tell you. Like, it's all good. Like, when I, yeah. deal with, when I deal with my niece, if I have a question for her, and it might, she might think, why was an, an adult asking me? I'm asking you because I'm genuinely giving you an opportunity to express yourself. Yeah. And when you say, I don't know, I'm not going to get mad. Because yeah. I've asked her a question. She answered me. She said, I don't know, auntie. And I said, okay. Yeah. And I let it go. I didn't get mad at her. It didn't affect our relationship. We moved on. But I'm trying to, and I want to see for I, what I will instill in my own kids when I have mm-hmm. them, and what I think is so valuable when I see you with Aiden is having real conversations yeah. and giving them the opportunity to actually respond and leaving the the, the immediate response to get angry yeah. or, or or judge off the table. That is creating a safe space for a child because in every other instance in their life, people are going to ask them questions, mm-hmm. and if you it doesn't start with you instilling the confidence in them to answer comfortably because yeah. you have conversations with your mom at home about the real stuff yeah then you are you you hinder them by making them saying that because i said so yeah. don't ask me no questions i'm and I'm you grown. can't do that because this is a problem with Ugh. telling your children not to question adults 
you make them victims mm. for when an Talk adult crosses their boundaries, whether it's sexually Talk about it. or they're getting smacked by other people mm. or smacked down by friends, family, mm. you not allowing your child to speak up, mm. you're silencing them for the rest of their lives. And I don't think that that will ever be worth it. I've always told Aiden, like, sometimes people will be like wanting Aiden to take a picture or give them a hug. I do, if he says he doesn't want to do it. No, leave no, him alone. leave him alone. He doesn't want to hug you right now. And that's when a he's big ready thing. to hug you, he will hug you. If he wants to, he will. Hey, listeners, this is part one of a two part episode. This episode in its entirety runs over an hour, and so we decided to give it to you in two parts. Hope you're enjoying part one. Stay tuned for part two.